Hi, everyone. Uh, happy Memorial Day weekend. Welcome to Sports Luck, uh, our second episode. Um, hopefully, it will, be, it will come with less bugs and two people staying in the same place but being in different rooms. Uh, me and Mike being those two people for that. Uh, but, yeah, we have a pretty, pretty stacked lineup for today's episode. Hopefully, we will help to inform and enlighten and get you guys some free two-day Disney World Park Hopper passes uh, for whatever it may be coming up soon. But uh, I am not going to be the person that is going to take over today's podcast. It's actually going to be our our uh, referee friend, Maura Quirk. I mean, no, Noah Insel. Sorry. Sorry, I watched too much guts. Uh, Noah, take the, take, take the floor. All right, so... And spirit of me being a free, I decided to, you know, start with rule changes. So first is I want to talk about because the MLB just had a rule, a couple rule changes, the NFL, Sky Judge, all that stuff. So let's all quickly just propose a rule change. I'm going to start with Alex and we'll just go around the horn. Well, I think the one that I would pick would be based off of the greatest football league to ever exist. Uh, the XFL, the X obviously stands for uh, xylophone. Um, but no one knows that. Uh, so just based on that and based on what I watched, I really like the idea of the kickoff that they did, which is essentially the kicker stands alone, I believe, at their own 35. And the opposing team and the home team uh, line up five yards apart from each other, one at the 30, one at the, one at the, at the other 35-yard line. And then obviously the receiver stands behind it. So it helps to alleviate less injuries. Um, or it, 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 it produces less injuries um, from what I saw. And I believe that it will come to uh, allowing for more explosive returns and things of the sort. Okay, isolate the kicker. I see that's what you want to do. Make them even more lonely. Okay, Mike, you're up now. All right. Um, I would probably, well, I took a more of a sort of a college and NFL kind of combining the two that they should be a, a bit more similar. Uh, one of them being like our like pass interference, like in the NFL, like I don't, um, whether it be to keep it college rules or keep it where the NFL and you move the ball uh, where the, you know, actual pass interference happened um, to at least have some common ground in which either you keep it like a 15, just a 15 yard penalty, no matter what, or convert it just both college and NFL should just convert both to uh, the NFL ruling. Um, but yeah, that mine is more like a, just combining making college and the professional level just a bit more similar. Okay, so Mike with some more continuity. And Jason's now. All right, so this can this can be any rule change. Yes, any rule okay. change. Okay, so then we're gonna go to baseball because I love baseball. Uh, robot umps. I guess that would be a rule change, kind of. Um, I like the idea of having some sort of robot ump at first, second, and third base. Get the calls right. It, will eliminate less times with the re replay reviews. I don't like a robot ump for home plate, though, because I think there should just be replays still for 
if the runner comes home and touches the plate before the catcher tags him out. But the idea of a robot strike zone doesn't sit well with me. There is no defined strike zone in baseball. Every umpire has their own sort of strike zone. Everyone kind of knows it's between kind of your mid-level and your knees, but every umpire calls a game differently behind home plate. So I don't think a robot ump would work well for that. You, it would take away from the game, I feel like, the human aspect. Technology can improve things, like getting the calls right at first, second, and third base. But at home, it's just it's too much of a human loss, I think, would be felt if you got rid of um, umpires at home plate calling strikes and balls. Okay, so basically take people's jobs. Okay, I see you, Jason. Uh, I, no more ump annex in, you know, first base. The guy's safe or he's out. You just want to get rid of that, okay? Armando Galarraga should have a perfect game. No, he should not, because I'm setting up. Damn straight. Rule. Uh, and my rule change has oh. actually already happened. It's just got enacted. You can ask uh, Jason. I've been preaching this for years. The DH has finally come to the NL. It makes me happy, because I'm tired of seeing pitchers hit. I, it's, it was only fun when Adam Eaton for the Phillies, all, if you can remember way back, was able to hit. Or Joe Blanton today in the World Series or a playoff home run. Besides that, it's just awful. Pitchers shouldn't hit. It's just, they just they just suck. It, I hate it. It's it's not it's not good for watching and not good for entertainment purposes. Anyway, we're gonna get to our discussion today because we have a lot of big news to get to. We have the NBA coming back, NHL big news, even college football some news as well, and college athletics. We're gonna start off with the NHL. They're coming back to a 2014 format for the playoffs. The top four seed in each uh, conference will get a, a bye. And then the other uh, 16 teams, they'll be facing each other in, a, in just a one-off or a five-game series versus the seeding, just however it would be from the higher seed to the lowest seed in each conference. And then it'll go back to like a regular NHL format. So the question I have to you, is this fair? Because the teams that – or had the bye week, they're not going to be able to play for even a more extended period of time. Do you think that puts them at disadvantage, or they still have the advantage of getting that bye week and an extra week to prepare and get in shape while other teams get a lot more injuries and so on? So let's start off with Jason this time. Okay. Um, absolutely, it's not fair. It's totally unfair. First off, I don't even like the idea of having a 2014 playoff. Why do we have to have a 2014 playoff? Why can't we just do a 16-team playoff based off of point percentage? This wasn't the way that anyone expected the season to go, but I feel like the most fair way would be to just go how the standings ended when the season ended based on point percentage. Point percentage, that idea works because not every team has played the same amount of games, so if we just went on points, that wouldn't work, but point percentage does work. Teams like... I mean, I'm a Penguins fan, but teams like the Penguins having to play the first round, is it unfair or is it fair? Because it gives them some sort of an edge over the opponent they would play in the next round because they'll have played a couple games while the other team will still be rusty from not having played a game in three, four months. But, of course, they do face the obstacle of whatever team is in front of them. I guess for the Penguins, it would be the Canadians in the first round of the five-game series. Um so what's fair about that? Is it fair to have the layoff or is it fair to have the uh, <laughs> the extra games? It's a tough call. All right, that's all I have to say on that. 
Can I interject? I have one question for you real quick before we move on to Mike. I yeah. uh, for the point percentage though, it's all the teams still haven't played the same amount of games. If you win a game, your point percentage can go up. If you lose, you go down. So even if the games are not even, it still wouldn't be a perfect measurement for each team because sometimes not the strength of the schedule isn't the same at all, anything like that. It's just uh, it's a tough thing. It's kind of a lose lose kind of thing. So the there's not the league's kind of in a pinch there, but I understand what you're talking about. But is this fair? But is this fair having eight teams, extra teams in the playoffs? To, well, yeah, me, got, to me, the point got, percentage they, thing, the point percentage thing, is more fair than having an eight additional teams. These teams should not be in the playoffs. These are bad hockey teams. Bad hockey teams can win. Look at the Los Angeles Kings. Mike, you're up. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um. I mean, yeah, I mean, not to get too biased. Obviously, the New York Rangers would be look on the outside looking in. And if they are doing this 24 team, why they're doing it more uh, from a divisional structure? In other words, they're taking the top six out of each division instead of just leaving it as before as like they had, you know, the top three in each division would automatically make the playoffs and then uh, it would just be down to a wild card. Like, why, why don't we just do that? In other words, and anyway, I don't think it's I don't think it's smart to begin with. Just leave it as the you know end the season the way it ended. Um, yeah, I guess you could do a point percentage where maybe that would come into a factor if some teams got to get in play more games than others. But either way, either you know, I guess either finish the regular season or just leave it as a 16-team playoff, which seems the most easiest way to do it. Or if you're going to do 24 teams, at least take the top teams that were already, you know, well-established. I mean, the Metropolitan Division was a lot more competitive this year than the Atlantic. Uh, so to have, you know, like Jason's kind of referring to, like lower teams uh, from the Atlantic, go ahead, from the Atlantic, uh, then um, to have them make the playoffs and have a chance to win a cup this year, I mean, I don't know. I don't, that doesn't make too much sense to me. Yeah, you go ahead. Just to clear something up, the Rangers are the seventh seed right now in the Metro, so it's not even the top six. You're going to the seventh team in that division. I'm not saying the Rangers were an awful team. If they're doing the 2014 playoff, they deserve to make it. But you're doing the seventh team out of eight teams in the division. That just doesn't seem fair to me. And Noah, the Kings were a good team because they got hot. Well, that's true. Any like that's hockey. Hockey is so is momentum based. That's the thing. You get hot at the right time, you're going to do you're going to be successful. I mean, we saw the Tampa Bay Lightning one of the best regular seasons they had in the history of the sport and they lose four nothing first round. Can't even win a playoff game. So, that's that's hockey for you. Okay, Alex, what would you like to add to this conversation? Uh, well, uh, the first thing I'd like to add is is that Tom Brady's absolutely stinking it up at the match right now. I, mean, I just thought uh, we should we should let the world know that Tom Brady sucks at golf. <laughs> Because uh, Brooks Kepka said, and I quote, uh, I will donate 100000 to the BK Charity Fund if Tom Brady makes a par on the front nine. And he shanked a shot on one of them. It is absolutely trash. So very important point for hockey sake. But um, I don't know. Like, I'm not as big of a hockey guy as, as, as Lynch or Jason. So I wish I could give a better point on this. I do think that I, I think that what they're trying to do is they're trying to give teams that were, you know, close to what the normal playoff standings would be a chance 
um, you know, depending on how late in the season it was, um, there could have been a push for them to to get in. They could have gotten hot, like you guys were talking about, a momentum swing. They could have gotten hot late and gotten in. Another team could have not gotten in. So I think that they, I, I think that's what they were trying to do with that, at, at least in my opinion. Um, I I think that adding more teams also allows for more hockey to be seen and for more, uh, you know, it helps increase revenue in a sport that lost just like every other sport that, that had a season and didn't have it and then got it shortened. It, it allows for more games to be played for more ad sponsors to have to be had for more game spots on, on NBC. Um, so I think it's important in that I'm, I'm pretty sure that's probably at, at, at least part of it, if not the main reason why they did that. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, the Flyers are um, – I'm a Flyers fan. So, I mean, I, I know the Flyers are um, – I think they would have a top four bye um, in the playoffs. Yes, no, yes. Okay. Yeah, so so they would have a top four bye. Um, and I, I know that – I guess for me, even they were going to make the playoffs regardless if it was a normal season, um, just based on what was going to happen. Um, I didn't think that they were going to derail or anything like that. Um, but it also just kind of depends. I mean, you're in, you're in kind of a weird situation right now. And I know, um, we're going to talk about the NBA, but it's, it all really depends on, on what's going to happen. I know Jason just said it, 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 you know, uh, he just said, I just want to read this off. Also dilutes the product. Nothing they were going to do well, was going to be fair, but it has to be the most fair it can be. So I, I, I do agree with what Jason said in that. I, I think, you know, having more teams makes it that, you know, a team that was, severely below 500 can make some crazy run towards the towards the Stanley Cup final that no one sees coming um or something like that so I think that it 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 bodes itself to that but um who really knows what's going to happen and to talk about Jason saying the product being diluted it's already going to be diluted because of the layoff you're not going to be seeing playoff hockey you're going to be seeing rusty hockey for the beginning at least maybe you get better hockey when you get to the Stanley Cup but these teams are going to be rusty as hell. They're not going to look pristine at all. Should be some fun bloopers, though. Anyway, to our next topic, what Alex was hitting upon with the NBA. So the NBA is probably coming back. It seems like it's going to be going to the Lando, uh, into the D- Disney ESPN wide world of sports complex. I can First, talk about Disney if you need me to. I will have you do that. Don't worry. This, the question is kind of related to that. Let's go. I'm going to pose the question because the debate was between Las Vegas and Orlando because we have basketball coming back. And I know people are going to be happy with basketball coming back. It doesn't have the same parity as hockey, though. They don't have a team like – they don't just have teams like the eight seed coming in and winning the Stanley Cup. They never ha- never happened before. Sorry, next you didn't do that. Anyway, so I want you to go through and say, I want to hear your opinions. Las Vegas or Orlando? Because where would – where should the games be played? Because both can host it. You have the Summer League in Las Vegas. Orlando, you have there too. But it's kind of like with Florida or Las Vegas. And both can use the economic boost of having an NBA there. So just want to hear your opinions on that. Alex, you can go first, the Disney expert. Uh, unfortunately. Um, so the, there's a reason why they chose Orlando. And it's the reason for what the for what they're planning on playing is is called the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. For those that don't know, the ESPN uh, broadcasts a crap ton of of NBA games. ABC and and ABC uh, broadcasts the NBA Finals. 
Um, both of those are owned by the Walt Disney Company, and um, uh, they just had a change in ownership. And for those who don't know, uh, large money corporations want to make as much money as possible, and they're losing a lot of money, especially Disney, by having all of their theme parks closed during this. So it makes 100% of sense why they would do it there. They can have the games inside the HP Pavilion, which only holds about 5,000. Also, the HP Pavilion is where Maryland won the Orlando Invitational last year. So let it be known that basically whoever wins in the NBA will be just as good as Maryland men's basketball. That's not here or there. I'm just stating the facts. Uh, damn right. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> but um, I think the plan would be having them go to um, – I think it was Caribbean Beach, which was where they would be staying, which is the closest geographical resort to ESPN Broadwater Sports. Uh, I happened to stay there at the exact same time that some coach got uh, uh, arrested on like 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 child molestation charges. So take take that for what you will. <laughs> some some really bad times. Not a great resort. Not a great not great events happening. Um, but I think that for what it is, I think they're able to, I think, I believe there still are because they, they sectioned off part of it and made it into another resort. But I think that there's enough separate buildings and facilities to house teams uh, in such a way that would make it easier. Um, and overall, I think that Orlando was the one that made more sense to, from a financial standpoint. And basically Disney, I'm sure, coaxed the NBA, also the NBA experiences at Disney Springs. So I'm sure I know that the NBA and or and they also sponsor the Orlando Magic's jerseys. So the NBA and Disney already have a really close uh, knit knit relationship, and this was just another way for them to essentially become buddy buddy with the league. Okay, I wasn't expecting the child molester comment there. Uh, let's move on though. I'm hoping you have nothing to do with illegal crimes to children's Mike. I know you travel the world or travel around the United States to pilot and all. So you can give us an in-depth perspective on both laws. Uh, you muted your you muted yourself there, but I, I think I got it. There. <laughs> right, so Mike, you travel uh, the world, you travel or the United States from Las Vegas, Orlando. You've been to both places, so I want to know your opinion on where one would you rather stay? Would you rather stay on the spot where uh, what's on? Uh, there's a child molester. Would you rather go to Las Vegas? I guess. <laughs> I mean, me personally, I, I mean, I've been to, I've had a lot of experience in Florida, so I would probably much rather if I was playing basketball, stay in Vegas. But um, I mean, that aside, I mean, fans aren't going to be able to go. So I, I mean, I can't see any basketball if I wanted to right now. So I could care less either way. I mean, as long as we get, you know, have some basketball to watch, uh, which would be nice. But again, Knicks aren't are a far cry from, uh, you know, being relevant. So, uh, but it would be nice, you know, nice to see like LeBron at least compete for a championship, see if that he can, that can pan out for his uh, very successful Laker team right now, which uh, seemed to be, a um, seemed to be, aimed to be successful uh, years ahead uh, instead of, um, years ahead of the, years ahead instead of right now. So that's pretty cool. But, uh, I mean, as far as Vegas or Orlando, I mean, as long as we get basketball back, whatever works. But me personally, I'd rather probably be if I if I were able to go, uh, or if uh, to go to Vegas, I would rather be there than uh, uh, Orlando. Okay, nice of you to share the link to us, Alex. I I really appreciate that, Jason. 
your turn next. And also, you can add anything else you want to talk about, which is the NBA coming back. For if it, let's say, would you rather see in Orlando LeBron James win the title, maybe be considered the goat? You know, because LeBron maybe the goat. Okay, um, I'm kind of with Lynch on this one. I don't really care if it's Vegas or Orlando, just as long as we get the games. And I do know that. Both places are incredibly hot, but especially in the summer there in Vegas, it's going to be like upwards of 110, 115 degrees some days. So uh, that the players might not like that too much. Um, the, the court might, you know, get kind of hot too, just from the air that's being let in from the outside. Um, the thing that I'm wondering about with the NBA and the NHL actually is if the NBA does something like the NHL and goes to this 2014 playoff or something like that Will they take their cues from the NHL if that was the case the Knicks would make the playoffs and I'm a Knicks fan and I don't even think the Knicks belong in the playoffs <laughs> I mean they're horrible but but so I'm wondering about that and that also makes me wonder about trades uh, such as with draft picks because I know I'm going back to hockey here but I'm sure there's trades like this in the NBA too where you traded a player for a pick contingent on making the playoffs or missing the playoffs, if there is like a round of 24 or something like that, where 24 teams make it, does that count as the playoffs? For example, in hockey, um, the Penguins traded their first round pick uh, for winger Jason Zucker. The Penguins had the option to defer the pick to the following year if they didn't make the playoffs. The Penguins make the playoffs, at meaning the round of 24, whatever you want to call it, but they get eliminated in that round. Does that count as the playoffs? Does their pick get traded still um, automatically, or can they still defer it to next year? Would that count as missing the playoffs? And I'm sure there's trades like that in the NBA too, where picks um, are play, have playoff contingencies on them. So I'm just wondering about that with how the season um, happens, if it's going to return and what the playoffs will look like. I'm sure they will probably have a contingency where it's like lottery teams or not. Alex has something to say, though? Yeah, so I put it in the chat, but um, I think that it's easier to contain them inside of Disney because Disney in itself is already a resort complex. And I'm, I agree with, with both Jason and Mike. Wherever it is, I just want basketball to be played. I want sport to be played. I think more feasibly, other than the fact that, you know, Disney Disney controls ESPN and ABC. So it just it, – um, I'm sure there's some cahooting going on. But – the HP Pavilion itself, which is where they would be playing, only holds 5,000 people. So the actual facility itself isn't that big. I'm sure that in, in Vegas, they would either play at UNLV's complex or they would play at T-Mobile Arena, which both hold over 10,000 people. And I, I think the Orleans Arena might be somewhere, but um, I don't know how many people that holds. But I, I think that in terms of like how small the actual venue is, I think it would make more sense just because of what it is. And it's already a contained thing. Uh, because, you know, it was designed for, for athletes to compete, obviously not really specifically designed for athletes that are NBA athletes, but, you know, a AAU teams, because they have tournaments there all the time. And I know that the MLS is planning on doing the same thing and they have things there. And obviously the NFL does their Pro Bowl stuff there. The Braves used to have spring training there. So like it's equipped for professional sports teams and it's equipped for sports teams itself to, to play there. So I think that's why it makes the most sense. And plus the actual venue itself isn't that big. Solid information. I wanted to make sure to talk about this instead of just giving, let's say, predictions about who would win the finals and stuff like that because stuff like just discussing like the practicality and stuff, I find that 
more interesting at the moment because you don't know what these two are going to look like when they come back. And Jason has one last thing to say before we go to college. Yeah, just going off of what Alex said, um, I think I kind of got sidetracked when I was talking about the trades. But um, I think – I don't really care where they hosted, but I do think Orlando would be better just because, like he said, the Disney complex there is so big. And I think I read they have like three courts or something like that. It's basically like a like a campus. Um, the players would have more room to spread out. I think it would just be a more comfortable environment, and I think that would just be better for the product all around. All right. Now, I'm gonna, this question is going to be for you, Jason, to start. Let me go to Mike and Alex. So the SEC just announced a couple of days ago that they're allowing athletes to return to the their facilities to get just start getting back in shape and all that good stuff, and they weren't shaped, so on. Uh, does this? My question here, though, is does this give SEC teams and athletic programs the unfair advantage versus, uh, let's say, Northeastern team, let's say Rutgers or some team like that, for instance, because they can't go back to their athletic facilities because their campus is sucked down, like Rutgers New Brunswick, for instance. So where would the line be? Because college sports is a multi-million dollar, maybe uh, hundreds of million dollars per year revenue for some schools. It's a, like, for instance, like Alabama football. How much money do you think they make, for instance? So uh, this is a big thing. And I know in the NFL, they're making great strives to not give a team unfair advantage. Should that be applied to sports as well? Should athletes not be allowed to return until everyone else is allowed to return? Jason, you got the floor. I don't, I don't think it's that unfair i think maybe you can make an argument that it's a little bit unfair but not really because these aren't organized team workouts they're going over the game game plans and things like that and running all uh, running all these plays these are more of individual workouts um so far at least so i don't think that gives them that much of an advantage i know the nba and the nba some of the practice facilities and things like that are already opened for some of the teams but not all of them so that's somewhat of a fair comparison. Um, I mean, honestly, I don't think there's going to be an uh, a college sports season, at least for football. So honestly, I'm not, I don't think it's going to matter anyway. I just think that I don't know how you're going to do that with all the campuses the way they are. I mean, a lot of the California schools already said that they're going online for the fall semester. College football wouldn't be the same either without the great college fans in the crowd. I don't know. I just – I. I don't see there being a college season anyway, so I don't really think it matters. Uh, I mean, the Terps would still probably be garbage. So you're uh, telling me <laughs> they went and, they, they went three and nine last year and got ranked. Boy, howdy! That one week they got ranked was the best week of my football watching experience. Did they beat the Longhorns? Damn straight, they're not back. <laughs> Sam Ellinger's trash. Come at me. Uh, Mike, you're up now. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think uh, players should be penalized to go out just because there's other players that you know can't work out right now, which is unfortunate. But it is the way it is. I don't like Jason said. I don't think there's going to be college football uh, to begin with. But you know, they're ho- hoping I'm wrong. But um, yeah, I don't think uh, just because a player that lives in an area where it's not so bad, where he shouldn't be, he or she shouldn't be able to uh, go out and, you know, stay in shape, do their common workouts that they would do to get ready for the season. Um, 
because I don't think it's right to hold them back where, you know, they should be able to, you know, work out freely versus, uh, you know, people in the Northeast who are hit a lot harder uh, when they can't do anything. So that's just my opinion, but. Okay, I, I completely understand. So, Alex, I'm going to have you answer now. But first, I just want to ask you, though, because, you know, I know you know this. Athletic facilities are different for each type of school. Like, so they vary in different uh, levels and equipment. So, for a bigger school of SEC, they already have the athletic facility advantage. Now, for instance, they would get the time, and that would be a big difference over a team like a Rutgers or a small town team, even Temple, they have a good athletic facilities, but if you're giving them months later to get into those facilities, they're going to be at a great disadvantage because at home, these athletes do not have the ability to work out if there is a season, because it could be possible to have seasons potentially has been rolled out yet. This is if there is college basketball, fall sports seasons in general for college, college in general. So I just want to know your opinion with me adding that. So I think there's an important thing to know about the SEC. And um, I was actually talking to Mike about this. So uh, the Big Ten released a statement basically saying, if there's no students on campus, then then there's no football going to be played. So the Big Ten said that straight up. And if you know the Big Ten, uh, they have two of the largest capacity football stadiums in the country in Penn State and Michigan. The SEC has three of them, um, or Penn State and Michigan both have 100,000 plus. Um, the SEC has three, to my knowledge, Texas A&M, Alabama, and LSU. So that would mean that they would lose. So uh, in a 12-game season, they would lose uh, 18, at least 18 games of, you know, over 100,000 plus people. In uh, the SEC, the majority of their money that they make, you know, obviously athletics is an important thing, but the SEC is known for their football. And um, especially in the South, I know that, you know, there's different, I'm, I'm not going to call out certain people or anything like that. I'm just saying the culture in the South um, a lot of times is football is a huge thing. And to have the football season lost would be a huge crushing blow to, to society. I know that in Texas, um, Texas is, I, I know Texas A&M is the only a, uh, SEC school that's in uh, that's, or is the only Texas school that's in the SEC, but High school football there is huge. I know that it's the same way in in a bunch of states in the Deep South um, and in Florida as well, because obviously Florida um, UF is in there. I know in Georgia it's extremely popular because um, Georgia. I know in Tennessee they have Tennessee and um, and Vanderbilt. I know Vanderbilt isn't as good, but I think the SEC with everything they were going to say yes regardless because they were pressured. Um, like college football is a whole different animal. Um, and it, they, I feel like are pressured in a way to, to do something like that. And I don't think it's the same thing. Um, and, and obviously it's different than professional sports because the professional sports players, you know, have more of ability to, to, to voice their own opinions about stuff. And in college, it's not really the same way because you're on scholarship. And if you say one thing the wrong way, that scholarship could be stripped in an instant. Um, so I think, that it does give them an advantage, but if if like the Big Ten, which is one of the which is one of the Power Five conferences, says that they're not going to have a season if students aren't going to be on campus, there's no way that the SEC is going to have a season because that basically means that like you know depending on how, like 
I don't know what the I don't know what the NCAA is going to say in terms of you know we need this amount of teams in order to play for everything to be good and that, but I just don't see like if 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 big conferences are already saying that we're not going to have a season um, if students aren't on campus, then there's no point in continuing with that narrative of we're training for football if people are already expecting the season not to happen. Also, i just like, uh, you do make a great point there with uh, the Big Ten. The one thing I like to say, though, is the SEC, they're not in as hard to hit areas like the Big Ten, which have schools in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Uh, so that well, 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 don't get it wrong there, because Louisiana and Florida are both hard hit places. Yeah, so I, I'm just saying, like, uh, like, stereotypically, that's all. But anyway, yeah. the SEC, though, they can also do stuff. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying it's not out of the realm of possibility that they can do just play each other or stuff like that. They, they don't always have to follow. If a, one league decides not to have their team athletic program, the other leagues decide they can have, let's say, something just in the south. They can have the schools from all the way from the east coast to, let's say, Texas play each other, something like that. Because it's kind of the attempt to return to normalcy. Anyway, uh, that's the big topics for today. We're going to go now to uh, a personal favorite of mine now, which is the top five sports personalities in TV. And I'm going to start off with Alex. I know he's going to be your number one, but he's going to be two to five. Well, I mean, I mean, there's only one clear number one, but I'm not going to go into that into a little bit. So um, my top five sports personalities are kind of a little bit varied um goes it you know it all depends uh so number five i have uh the goat or one of the goats Stephen a smith um not because of the fact that i think that he's a good sports analyst which i know that he is i just find that his memes are and the and the comments that he says are just second to none and and i know that he will say that he has been bamboozled run amok led astray and flat out deceived by my choice of him being number five but it's not for me to say uh, number four, I'm going with Katie Nolan, also with ESPN. I love listening to her podcast, Sports, uh, with uh, Ashley and Dan or Jay. Wait, Jay Ashley, Jay Ashley and Katie. Not there. There's other people that are on the list, but Jay Ashley and Katie are a great trio. I love listening to her. Um, I, I like the way that she puts a spin on things. I like how she's a fan, but also she's a sports commentator and. Um, I, I, I really enjoy that part of it. And I also think that while she has an insight to sports and while she has a really good insight to sports, I also think that her humor and her fan side of it also bring that out. Number three, kind of an interesting one. Don't know if you guys will know them. Uh, Jay and Dan, that's that's why I started saying Dan. Um, they are a, um, they used to be on Fox Sports. They are on TSN in Canada, the sports network. Um, they kind of do the same thing as the Midnight Edition of Sports Center, but there it's an RE because, you know, Canada. Um, and they're both really funny. They like, they work together so well. It's just like one of those things where it's like a perfect match and one person can bounce off the other person and it's fantastic. You guys, for those who don't watch TSN, which I'm assuming is 99.9% of the audience, um, please go watch some of their highlights. He's absolutely amazing. So funny. Um, number two, uh, going with the late great Stuart Scott. Um, one of my favorite sports center anchors of all time, gone way too soon, fought, kicked cancer's ass, and then it kicked his ass, unfortunately, which is the worst thing to hear. 
but he is a trailblazer. He was everything that sports uh, broadcasting and anchoring should be. But unfortunately, my number one has to go to the the great, the best sports center anchor currently, all the great, the, the greatest person of all time, the Scott Van Pelt. Just everything about the Midnight Edition of Sports Center makes it the best program on TV by a long shot. So SVP is my number one. Okay, solid list. I do know Jay and Dan, so I did watch uh, Fox Sports when they were on that. There we uh, go. There we go. That's what I like to hear. Not, you're not lost there. Mike, uh, what is your list? Is Booger McFarland going to make it? What's that? Is Booger going to make your list? Is he number one? <laughs> <laughs> no, not exactly. Uh, this one I was – well <sighs> – I kind of I went back and forth, but I th- I put number five Adam. Well, do we include reporters? No, 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 no. Reporters and analysts are their own thing. So like, all right, fine. personalities are like anchors or people that like that that essentially like don't do the thing that a reporter does. If that makes they're sense. just people on the TV. Yeah. All right, fine. All right, number. Well, I mean, media is media, so we didn't. Okay. I thought anyway. I specified that. What? I said I thought I specified that. You did. You did. I'm just making sure. I'm just re-specifying what? because our audience can be confused. If I miss people on the list, we had like 23 viewers. We don't have an audience right now. <laughs> <laughs> just making just re-specifying what we're if we're growing the audience. Okay. All right, number five. I'm going with the SVP. I put him on the list. You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, number <laughs> number four, I put Trey Wingo. Number three, <laughs> we like Trey. Number three, I put uh, Colin Coward, just because I don't like his opinions all the time, but I like his entertainment on the television. Um, number two, I put Stephen A. And number one, I put the great, my favorite, Booyakasha, or what he says, Booyah. What? <laughs> oh, dude, Brady just made an insane shot off a of par five. <laughs> <laughs> just sucking an eagle from like 150 out. Oh, you may. So he's right. number one, uh, Stuart Scott. I saw all this there. I'm surprised Booker did not make it, though. Um, kind of <laughs> with that, Jason, you're up now. Is he on your list? Got to wait and find out. I guess so. I have the definitive list because I'm obviously the smartest person here. Uh, (laughs) Number five, uh, someone that both of you have included so far, and I'm pretty sure all four four of us will have, that is the late, great Stuart Scott. Number five, I I did struggle with, though, between a few people, um, but Stuart Scott ultimately got that spot. Number four, the great Trey Wingo, or as Michael K on the Michael K Show and on ESPN New York calls him, Trey Wingle. Number three, uh, the guy that goes uh, back, 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 gone, Chris Berman. <laughs> I thought of putting him on too. Great for was... baseball and football. Um, number two, Colin Coward, the great Colin Coward. You know, I, I kind of agree with you. I don't always agree with his opinions, but I just love how brash and cocky he is. And he just, he says whatever's on his mind. and He yep. doesn't care what anyone else thinks. Exactly. I love that about him. 
Uh, and then number one, uh, Greeny, Mike Greenberg, a, uh, a legend in his industry. I like that uh, list. That's a good one. Response by Alex about SVP not making the list, I guess. He's a little surprised about that. No, Jason doesn't know what's good. <laughs> well, no, Greenberg on my list. So we'll start off with him, I guess, there. He did make it. Number four is Trey Wingo, which is made Mike and Jason's list. I, I, I don't judge me. I just I watch a lot, a lot of football, covers football. It's a good thing. Good things there. Number three is going to be Bob Lee. I'm surprised he didn't make any of your list. Uh, number two is SVP. Love SVP. ESPN at night is great. I recommend watching it. And last but not least, I used to watch him as a kid. Always a great watch. I said this from the beginning. It's Stuart Scott, and because it's Stuart Scott, there's no there's no debate in my mind. Stuart Scott was the best there, and also Booger McFarlane would be number six if there was a six. Anyway, we're going to trivia. So I hope you guys prepared because today's trivia is going to be based on rule changes. Because you know what? That's how we started the thing. That's how we will end it. So the first question, just just answer when you know it. Uh, so the infamous tuck rule game took place January 19, 2002, when the Patriots QB, Tom Brady, who we've been talking about all day in his golf exploits for some god unknown reason, uh, he appeared to fumble the ball, but the call was overturned to the confusing fumble rules of the NFL. What's a pass, what's not a pass, what's a fumble, blah, blah, blah. And so what ended up happening was legendary kicker Adam Benatari kicked the game-tying field goal and then the game-winning field goal in overtime. In spirit of him, the ageist wonder, Adam Vinatieri, who was the oldest player on the Raiders team, who was also a legend. In, in that game? In that game. Oh. With the Raiders' leading receiver. Is it Jerry Rice? Correct. Point to Jason. Yeah. So Jason's up 1-0. You guys got to pick it up. <laughs> World Chase is going to mess you up because the next one is the Minneapolis Miracle. In this Miracle... Uh, after trailing 17-0, the Saints oh. came back to take a 24-23 lead. The Vikings having the ball on their own 39-yard line with 25 <laughs> seconds left. Case Keenum threw a pass to Stephon Diggs, where Marcus Williams missed the tackle, and Diggs took it to the house as time expired. This was the first time the game-winning score happened as time expired in playoff history. What was the confusion after the play? and resulting rule change. Funner, point. Thomas Morstead, punter, was praised for his actions in this thing. Gotta give some love to the punters. Thomas Morstead, a great punter, by the way. Kicking the extra point. What about it? That was the confusion. Okay. Then what was the rule change? Oh. Uh, you don't, you don't need to kick the extra point if you, you score game one touchdown. Yeah. Right. Okay, so... Uh, Alex, I, thought, Alex, I thought you were going to say the goat Stefan Diggs from the, the University of Maryland. Hey, Stefan Diggs got mentioned, okay? You'd be happy. <laughs> Yo, Stefan Diggs. Yeah, like these, these introductions aren't giving me any clues know, as to what like the question so is. Yeah, the question. these are <laughs> <really> <laughs> I am in charge here. I'm like, I'm like trying to figure out, all right, what I'm Jason, supposed to be thinking about here, and it completely goes. No one's bad at trivia. Boo. Boo. Hey, 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 I'm the trivia czar, so shut up. Here's the third question, Will's related. It's it's. So Jason wait, so who got the who point? Got the point. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Alex. What? You have to name the rule change. You didn't name the rule change. 
I said they eliminated it. Whatever. You named it, but you didn't. Know. I don't know. Just, just, just let Noah do his thing. Let him have his fun. Point, Let's break that out of you. Uh, all right. In 2016, the NBA Finals was going on. In Game Four, Draymond Green received a flagrant foul or flagrant foul after the game and was suspended for Game Five. This was a disaster for the Warriors, as they, as to this day, the city would have beaten LeBron's Cavs had Draymond Green not done this action. What did Draymond Green do to get suspended? Alex? Kick, kick Steven Adams in the groin. No. Right? No? No. It's incredible. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of another guy. This is NBA lore. Come on. We're talking about the last dance last week. So, so was this in the finals or was this in like the semifinals? Oh, okay. I wasn't thinking of the finals. That was my bad. I don't know what he did. I know he got suspended. I don't know what he did. Classic Draymond. Come on. What, do you, like, show up a referee? Didn't he, like, fight LeBron or something? I'm going to give you guys 10 more seconds. Mike Hunter. <laughs> I don't remember. Wait, did, wait, did he, he fight someone? I remember. He hit. Oh, no, wait. Did he hit LeBron in the groin? Or yeah. He, he punched LeBron in the balls. Okay, that's what. I know he had some altercation with LeBron. <laughs> but he did what? kick Steven what? Adams in the groin. He did do that, too, I think, yeah. He likes kidding people in the groin. It's a Draymond Green thing. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> he, like, he likes it down under. He likes it. Yeah, he all does. All right, one, one, That's one. That's not homo or in a, at all. <laughs> hey, hey, watch yourself. Family podcast. <laughs> all right, and this podcast is not judged no matter what. So no judging from you, Mike Lynch. Yeah, drop your name, full name. You're not safe. All right, now question number four. This NHL hockey team was relocated to Philadelphia and renamed the Quakers because it was unsuccessful to do to sharing the same name from another sports team in their city. What was the name of this team in the city they played in? Ten Quakers. They they played they moved to they became the Quakers. What was their name before? The it's ironic. In Philadelphia were they? They played in another city in Pennsylvania. Oh, the, I don't oh, the Pittsburgh the Pirates. Question. What is the question? Uh, Alex, you got it. What? what was it, was, it was what team? What what NHL team moved to Philadelphia, renamed themselves? What was the reason that they were basically renamed, and what was the other name of the team? So they were the Pittsburgh Pirates, and then they moved and became the Philadelphia Quakers. It was hockey. Yeah, hockey. There was two Pittsburgh Pirates. Okay, interesting. They, they were idiots. They thought it would bring up media attention and get people to come to the games. It did not. So Alex is a two-one-one lead. Okay, if you guys don't get this. Then Alex wins. If you get this, though, there'll be a tiebreaker question, and it's going to be a random question. I come on top of my head because I only need five questions. Okay. (laughs) I'm scared. So the Saints, back to the Saints, because, you know, Saints and rules always goes out well. The Saints were punished severely after it was discovered they had encouraged bounties to injure the opposing uh, players during the 2009 to 2011 seasons. Defensive coordinator Greg Williams was suspended indefinitely for this action. What legendary defensive mastermind in the 80s and 90s would have shared the same fate had he still been coaching in the 2000s? Jason, you should know this. Buddy Ryan? Correct. Damn, I was just about to think. I, just I was thinking that. that too. God dang it. It's 2-2. We have the tie question. And now this is... Me, this. me and Jason, mono-y-mono. Mono-y-mono. So... Now, here my favorite football player, Deshaun Jackson. I'm going to ask you 
the year he was drafted and what pick was he by for the Eagles? Was he the Eagles' first player selected, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, or ninth, or whatever? I can tell oh. you, not 20th. What year? What, <laughs> what was it, 2009, I guess, Bank? Uh, can I answer? Mike, you can answer. 2008. Um, what, what was the second question? What player what, what, was he picked? What was, was he their first player selected, second player, third, fourth, fifth, or sixth, or seventh? Like what round? Not round. Uh, what player was he this selected? Is, no, this is the oh, Eagles. like that the Eagles picked. Yeah. Four, fourth player selected in 08. No. This is the worst trivia I've ever been a part of. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is pretty bad. I, it was 2000. Hold on. Was it? It was 2008, so I'm giving you a half a point for that. I'm like, all right. Was he's it, not even I'll in guess, the game. <laughs> he's he's getting creeped back into the game. We're was he set, all right, right, I was going to get. Was Mono Imano. <laughs> no, opened up the rule book. I'm coming back. I'm the comeback king. Nah, screw uh, this. I'm going to guess second. Uh, You're correct. You're back in the game. Final question. No, nah, screw this. Someone needs to do the next week because uh, clearly everyone's here about when I do it. Unless you want me to do it next week. Let's do the final question. <laughs> Ow. Okay, so Philadelphia, the in baseball and uh, basketball, the Sixers and the Phillies are not the original team. Name the two original Philly-based teams in those individual sports. Warriors and athletics. Jason Wentz. Jason, you're the champion. With all yeah. Our responsibility. Last man standing. All right. So that was our discussion for today I hope you enjoyed uh leave a like if we post this on youtube uh tell fun. your friends about this uh and so on uh if you have any suggestions give them if you just want to give some hate about mike lynch or jason that's fair he's a pain not me because i'm great and so on happy memorial day more of a maryland homer look at you and all your maryland stuff talking about dude i just graduated college give me a break buddy he needs to get a job so he can put on something else, maybe like the Tampa Bay Times or something. Yeah, it'd be nice if I could work. It would be, All wouldn't right. it? All right, have a nice Memorial Day, everyone. Talk yeah, to you next week. Stay safe. Happy, happy Memorial Day. Lock Stay classic. Week.